Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. A case on religious freedom. The Supreme Court today considered a dispute between a public school and a football coach. A school district in Washington state put a coach on paid leave because he wanted to kneel and pray on the field. For years, Coach Joseph Kennedy led students in prayer after games. The school district stopped him after learning what he was doing. Kennedy's lawyers say the Constitution allows him to pray on the field with students free to join. But the school district argues that the coach's religious speech interfered with students' rights who may have felt pressured to pray, opening the district to a potential lawsuit. At issue is whether Kennedy's prayers amounted to governmental speech or a private act separate from his official duties. Kennedy is appealing a lower court's ruling that sided with the school district. The Supreme Court is expected to make a decision before its summer recess. Jay Richards is a senior fellow in religious liberty and civil society at the Heritage Foundation, and we're happy to have him on to discuss. Jay Richards, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. My pleasure. Jay, Coach Joe Kennedy, a high school football coach at Bremerton High School in Washington State, uh, his case is heading to the Supreme Court where both sides are arguing uh, religious liberty is at stake. Uh, what can you tell us about this case? Well, Coach Kennedy's actually been through an ordeal that's lasted almost eight years. I mean, it's a really a simple case. Uh, he had pledged to God as a Christian that he was going to pray by himself after every football game at Bremerton High School. And so he would do that by himself. He'd pray at the 50-yard line. Initially, it was just him kneeling and praying silently. And then uh, over time, some students and different people asked if they could join him. He said, sure. I mean, it's a free country. You can, you can join me if you want. So this was not him inviting people. It was people. Uh, joining in, and even other uh, players sometimes for some games from opposing teams. So it's really not uh, in any way disruptive and clearly not a, a government endorsement of religion. Uh, but the school district in Bremerton, Washington decided, well, this is too much of an explicit display of religion. And so they kept adding uh, conditions, which he would do his best to meet. Uh, but essentially, uh, eventually, they were basically saying, okay, you, you can't express your religious beliefs in any way uh, during school time. And so essentially forbade him even from doing uh, a silent private prayer after a football game. And so they first suspended him uh, and then actually fired him. And so this has been going through the courts now for years to the district court and to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. It's finally reached the Supreme Court, which I think I, I'd say is probably good news in the long run for Coach Kennedy. Jay, you touched upon it a few times where um, you basically said that, that this coach here was individually, um, you know, expressing his, his religion. Um, could this lead to individual expressions like this, say, of people wearing a cross or, um, say, a yarmulke being purged from, from our schools? I think it's absolutely the case. In fact, I think that implication is precisely why the Supreme Court has taken this up, because the Bremerton School District essentially said that he can't express his religious belief while on school time. Now, that might, in his case, it was a silent prayer kneeling after a football game, but as you said, it could be a cross or a yarmulke or just any sort of indicator of religion, so that we've moved um, since the infamous case banning school prayer in 1962, which said uh, official school 
school prayer in schools was unconstitutional. We moved from that to, uh, in Bremerton School District, essentially a hostility to any public display of religious belief, no matter how voluntary. And so I think the Supreme Court recognizes that, that is a, that's a dangerous bridge to cross. And frankly, my own view is that we've moved way past the actual guarantees and promises of the First Amendment to explicit hostility toward religion in the public square. Jay, sometimes when we see these high-profile cases, I think it gives us the impression that these are isolated uh, instances or incidents. Uh, is this part of a greater culture war that's been going on? I think this has honestly been happening for over 50 years. The famous case of Engel in 1962, as I mentioned, banned school prayer, uh, something that had been practiced from the beginning of the American experiment, non-sectarian prayer to God. God has never been in the American experiment treated as a merely private or sectarian thing. God is a public reality that we recognize in our public institutions. And so we started with a ban on even non-sectarian prayer. Uh, and now these just really blatant uh, acts of, frankly, hostility toward religious expression, even when it's entirely voluntary. I mean, it would be one thing if the coach were uh, making the prayer uh, a requirement for his football team or something like that. Uh, but here we're, we're dealing in the most explicit way with a voluntary prayer in which no one's being coerced. He's doing it after the game. And so I think uh, the Supreme Court is noticing this trend, and I'm really hopeful that they will help restore the original constitutional balance in which we, we don't uh, prohibit the free exercise of religion in the course of avoiding an establishment of religion. Jay, if you could, could you just put the separation of church and state into the proper context for us? Yeah, I mean, the idea of a separation of church and state, in fact, that phrase, a wall of separation between church and state, people often think is in uh, the Constitution. It's not. It's actually a private letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Church Association because they were being persecuted for their religious beliefs. And so he refers to this wall of separation. But if you read the First Amendment, uh, it, on the one hand, says that there's not going to be an establishment of religion at the national level, which at the time of the founding would have probably been a, a, a Protestant Christian denomination, uh, but it also prohibits the government from, from preventing the free exercise of religion. And we had that balance in this country for practically 200 years after the founding. Unfortunately, in the 1960s, uh, the legal scholars had moved toward a, a, frankly, a more secularist attitude in which the public square has to be purged of any religious expression or even any reference to God. And I think that's been working its way through our courts and our institutions for decades now. I'm really hopeful that the current Supreme Court will restore that balance so that, look, public expression of religion religious uh, belief is a perfectly fine thing. And in fact, it's, it's encouraged. Uh, it's been a part of our history and we should not be trying to purge religious expression from public institutions. Jay Richards, really appreciate your perspective. Thank you. My pleasure. Amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the FBI says the U.S. is facing an unprecedented level of espionage from Beijing. The biggest threat we face as a country from a counterintelligence perspective is from the People's Republic of China and especially the Chinese Communist Party. Speaking in a Sunday CBS interview, FBI Director Christopher Wray said the current scale of Beijing's espionage and cybersecurity threats is unprecedented in history. He also noted China has a hacking program larger than that of every other major nation combined. They have stolen more of Americans' personal and corporate data than every nation combined. 
Race says that the FBI is opening a new China counterintelligence investigation about every 12 hours, and there are well above 2,000 active cases already. Meanwhile, CIA Director William Burns was also warning of Beijing's unique threats just a week ago. A silent partner in Putin's aggression, Xi Jinping's China is our greatest challenge, in many ways the most profound test that CIA has ever faced. Burns identified China as the single greatest geopolitical challenge in the 21st century. In the last few years, Beijing has hacked at least 150 U.S. companies to steal secrets. It is trying to increase its nuclear arsenal to 1,000 warheads. It has detained one million of its own citizens simply because they are Muslim and arrested thousands more in Hong Kong for peacefully supporting democracy. Meanwhile, several U.S. senators are pushing for the Department of Justice to reinstate a Trump-era program dubbed the China Initiative to fight spying from Beijing. And here to assess the threat of Chinese espionage with first-hand knowledge of the lengths that the CCP goes through to influence our leaders in the highest levels of government, we have Solomon Yu, Committeeman for Oregon's Republican National Committee. Solomon Yu, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Happy to be with you, Steve. Solomon, uh, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, just recently appeared on 60 Minutes, where he said that China is the biggest counterintelligence threat uh, facing the United States. Uh, do you concur? And if so, how? Absolutely, I concur. And I have firsthand knowledge of that. Uh, if you check your signal, I sent you two pictures. One of the picture, the gentleman's name is David Wong. David Wong is uh, chairman of Chinese Americans for uh, Trump 2016 from Los Angeles. I got a call from Intel community that David Wong also was involved in patriotic Chinese and students and tourists to demonstrate against Filipino Consul General's office in Los Angeles because uh, Filipinos did a demonstration against Chinese embassy in Manila that year. And so he is a green card holder, Chinese national. So he did a, a, a he organized a, a Chinese a patriotic Chinese demonstration in front of uh, Filipino Consul General's office in Los Angeles. Now, the minute I learned this, next thing I learned was he became RNC major donor uh, for RNC event featuring then Vice President Pence. At that event, his guest was Ms. China from Beijing. The second picture you will see, uh, he was introducing uh, Ms. China to all RNC uh, male donors. Those are major donors. And table by table, uh, Ms. China was giving out a business card. That's the business card invite all RNC major donors to visit her 
in Beijing, China. When you see this, you know that is a honey trap. Yeah, it's there. It happened, and every day. It's it's unbelievable the、uh, level of infiltration. I think it would just kind of blow people's minds if they actually knew. Um, and, and so, with that in mind, a few months ago, the Justice Department said that it is stopping its、uh, Trump-era China initiative due to the name、uh, being offensive to Asian Americans. I mean, how big of a threat is China on our homeland, and what do you make of the semantics? Well, I think we're going backwards, and what we need really is this kind of initiative during Trump administration, and to make sure that. We need to expose this kind of stuff. You see something, you say something, and when you know, in my case, when I got old pictures come to me and I saw what's going on, guess what? I take that to、uh, Trump's national security agency and let them know this kind of threat is real and doesn't matter. It was happening within within my own party, RNC. And major fundraiser, unbelievable. Solomon,、uh, just to just to follow up here, do we run the risk of being so politically correct that we wind up putting ourselves in danger,、uh, similar to the calls to defund the police, which then resulted、yes. in more crime? Yes, and、uh, that's current administration Biden's administration really concerns me from that perspective, because we don't want to be called racist by. Uh, CCP. That's why we want to be kind to what they try to do to us, which is inf- infiltration and deep penetration、uh, into our society. My solution is expose them all. Solomon Yu, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review, as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.